0: Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends to the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky, and with me as always is the maestro of mail order mysteries, the one, the only, Eddie Guevara. Welcome, Eddie. Welcome, Joe. All right, with us today, we have a new guest he uh he wrote a book and he does some tours, and we'll let him talk about that here in a moment. His name is Charles F. Rosene Charles. Welcome. Hey, guys. So glad to be here. Awesome, awesome. So before we get into our discussions and we talk about our guests. Um, I want to let everybody know that you need to go over to MyMovieMonsters.com and if you haven't already, pick up the new issue of Scary Monsters number 126. It is uh, Tolkien's Evil Beasts and Mythical Monsters issue. Tons of uh, cool uh, fantasy monsters in there from the Tolkienverse and a lot of different stuff as well. And if you guys haven't seen the cover for issue number 127, the Island Ghouls issue, it is fantastic. Scott Jackson did another amazing job on this. And that issue is out for pre-order right now. It should be out uh, sometime in the end of June, maybe. That's what they're projecting, that it's available online and in stores. But you can get your pre-order right now mymoviemonsters.com and that's number 127 uh also for all you classic horror fans out there and sci-fi fans as well monster bash is coming up this june 24th through the 26th and uh you you definitely don't want to to miss that uh you could head over to monsterbashnews.com for more information on that for the tickets, location, hotels, all that good stuff. That's monsterbashnews.com. All right, let's get into our guest today. We have a brand new brand new uh victim for our podcast today, Charles F. Rosnay. Charles, how's it going? Welcome to the podcast. And you know what? I'm going to let you do the introduction to yourself because I, I find that guests could, could add just a whole lot more than, than what we could. And I want you to really get into the book that you put out, the book of top 10 horror lists. Uh, talk about that. You also said you do some Dracula tours and some ghost tours. And you know what? Our audience digs all that stuff. So I want you to really get into it and uh, give us some details on it and you know how to find everything.
1: Eddie and Joe, I could go on for the whole show talking about myself. Yeah, you know, I've been a. a hey, a that's mon- all right. Eddie does it every week. So. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've been a monster kid, you know, since I was uh, young, buying all the famous monsters of film land right up through when I was, you know, getting. Uh, <clears throat> Fangoria and Scary Monsters and all the great... I always loved getting the horror magazines and also built the original models and watched all the, the films as they came out. And um, the two things I always loved was, was rock and roll, especially the Beatles and horror movies and monster... We called them monster movies, of course, back then. And, uh, you know, uh, I've always made the things I love... Not into careers, but into my sidelines, so to speak. I started doing Beatle tours to Liverpool in the early 80s and uh because those were so successful and it was I loved them and the people who traveled loved them. So what what else what else am I enamored with? What other my passions do I have? And it was always, well, of course, the monster stuff. And my buddy goes, Well, why don't we do a, a Dracula tour to Transylvania? And I'm like, Yeah, sure. You know, is it <laughs> First, the first thing is, well, how do you get there? Where is it? And you know, it's in Romania, it's the real deal. There's castles there, it's awesome. And sure enough, we did the research, we got together with a, a land package company in Romania and started doing Dracula tours in the 90s. And it's a one week vacation where people not only experience the legend and the myth and the literature of Dracula, we follow in the footsteps. You know of Jonathan Harker from the Bram Stoker novel, but we also combine that with the history and all the stuff that's behind Vlad Tepish, Vlad the Impaler, uh, which is the real the real stuff. So when you combine the two, you've got uh, a tour, which combine which really it has all the elements of. Uh, the, the, the film, the book, uh, everything, it, people just love it. And we've been doing it so, so long and for so, such success that people who went on those tours said, hey, you know, we love going on your trips. Do you do anything else? And we started doing ghost tours. We went to these haunted places like uh, England, Scotland, Ireland, Hungary, Cuba, Israel, Prague, Eastern Germany. We went to Frankenstein's Castle, just really cool stuff. And at the same time that I was doing the Beatles tours, I was publishing a Beatles magazine called Good Day Sunshine. And the only reason I mentioned that is because at the same time that I was really heavily promoting the Ghost Tours and the Dracula Tours and wanted to reach new audiences, um, I had an online um, newsletter, uh, which you could get for free. It was called National Horror Happenings with examiner.com and people would click in and they would, you know, read about the latest horror movie. Uh, I would preview films. I would talk about books, you know, just a a few lines of blurbs and people would, you know, pop in and read it. I had a few hundred this day and it was daily. Well, once I did a top 10 list and it was the top 10 list of uh, a, a celebrity's favorite horror films. And man, it, the, the number spiked. It went from a few hundred to a few thousand. And I thought, wow, people love this. Now, being in the music field and in the entertainment field, I had access to a lot of really cool people. In 2010, I had produced The Weekend of 100 rock stars, And uh, these people became my friends. And I would reach out to them and say, hey, we all love horror movies. Uh, we all read horror books. I would like to think that we all have a little idea of what scares us. Give me a top 10 list. And they'd come in and, you know, the first one I ever got was um, Kevin Clement, the producer of Chiller Theater. If you know Monster Bash and you know Horror Hound and you know all these great conventions around the country, well the granddaddy was uh, Chiller Theater, which has since morphed into like more of a celebrity show. But anyway, uh, he gave me a top 10 list. And then I started getting them from rock stars and from all these cool people. Well, put it on the shelf, guys, you know? Okay, so I had these cool lists. I kind of forgot about them until the pandemic hit. When the pandemic hit, all of a sudden, I'm not doing all the things I normally do. I'm not doing the tours. I'm not bringing anyone to Transylvania or to Liverpool or to England for any, any trips. Um, I'm a DJ by trade. I, I do parties. I, I, you know, do weddings and all those school dances and all that fun stuff. I ain't doing that either. I mean, there's nothing that... Well, I remembered that I had all these lists. And I thought, all right, maybe I have 20 or 30 or 40 of them. It turned out I had 80, 80 lists. And I said, wow, if I can hit 100, that was my goal. It, during the time that we're, you know, home and we're not doing a lot of stuff because of COVID, I thought, well, maybe I can actually put out a book. You know, what people always said, when you're putting out a Beatles book, when you're doing a biography, when you're doing a celebrity book. I thought, well, this is it. This is what I'm gonna, it's going to be a celebrity book. It'll be all these famous people's, you know, top ten horror lists. Well, guys, I hit the hundred really quick. Uh, you know, within a few weeks, um, I had kind of a book in place. Um, all I needed to do was write bios for each of them, include their photos, touch up their list, you know, because some of them had, you know, maybe bad grammar or some of them, you know, misspelled, whatever. I, I try to make it as perfect as possible and uh, put it to all these publishers. And one publisher jumped all over it. You know, they were into pop culture. They were into celebrities. They loved horror. They, they loved it. It was bare manner media. And Ben said, we'll, we'll put it out. And we put together this amazing book, which doesn't just have the lists. It's got the celebrity bios, it's got the photos. And then if someone chose, I don't know what, The Blob as their favorite film, we would pu- pull out uh, a great still from the film and included with, with the book. So, I mean, the back cover says like, who doesn't love a top 10 list? They're short, they're fun. We always want to see if our own choices match. And in this book, 100 celebrities reveal what their top 10 favorite horror movies are. And themes are, I go, you you won't believe the actors, singers, musicians, horror figures, authors, directors, artists, so on and so on. And then in the book, there's a list from a Beatle, from a McCartney, from a Lennon, from a, a Karloff. We got Boris Karloff's daughter. From William Shatner, he gave us a list. From one of the monkeys, from a Munster, from Scream Queens, <laughs> from Stars of Movies, TV, Radio and Print from six Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, from a Baseball Hall of Famer. (sighs) And the book finally came out, and uh, just so proud of it. You know, we're getting great reviews on Amazon. And now, guys, it's your show. You can ask me questions (laughs) about all this stuff. I I
0: tell you what, Charles, it's absolutely fascinating. And like you said, everybody loves top ten lists. You know, we've done it on here a few times with our, you know, top ten TV, favorite TV shows, uh, movies, toys, and, and you know those are always the the biggest some of the biggest episodes. People just love hearing, you know, yes. people's top ten lists, and uh, you know we're all we're all monster fans on here in, in one way or another, and monster kids. And you know, I always I, I find it that out of you know because you brought up you know your music a lot, and let me know if this is true, but it always seems like people. Uh, rock musicians, more than any other type of uh, genre, are into the monster movies. Have you found that to be true? They know
1: their horror stuff, don't they? Um, I'm telling you, man, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, off the record, um, you know, working on uh, a Beatles version of this, you know, a, a top 10 uh, celebrities' favorite Beatles songs or Beatles themes, and I'm having a harder time getting musicians to give me their top 10 Beatles lists than their horror lists. You know, there's a few that are crossover. One of the, one of the great ones is from Alice Cooper's band, Dennis Dunaway gave me a, a list for both books. But yeah, you're right. So many rockers are are horror people. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, that, that, I always found that that fascinating. And they always seem to um, not only like some of the, the more contemporary movies, but they go back to the classics as well. You know, you, there's usually a good mix of them. You don't really see them leaning one way or other, but there's a nice mix of, of classics and contemporaries in there. So that's good to see that they're still keeping uh, these these classics alive, because one of the things I always worry about, we've talked about it on this podcast uh, before, is, you know, films and going to conventions. And I know Eddie goes to a few conventions as well and probably sees it. But a lot of like the these classic actors and even their, their kids are starting to pass away. So we're starting to lose that connection to these these older movies, especially from the 30s and 40s, and now even on to the 50s, and when you go to these conventions, especially the classic ones, you you see a lot of older crowd there. You know, for you know 40s and up. Sometimes you know more people in their 50s and everything. So yes. it always worries me that you know what's this the scene going to look like in in 20 years? You know, is, is there still going to be that connection to the the classics are, around? It? And I'm, I'm hoping that it does. Uh what do you think about that? What's your take on on the wow. state of classic yeah, no, music? that's
1: That's a great observation and I got to tell you it applies also to the Beetle fans and the Beatle conventions. Um you know, I do I I've done monkeys conventions and that seems to be multi-generational. I you know, I do now I do paranormal conventions in Connecticut and we're going to be doing the first one ever in Salem. And when I say first one ever, there's been other ones. But in this one, we're combining paranormal and horror. You know, we'll have guests for both genres, which I don't think they've had before. Um, but I mention that because uh, some fields are multigenerational and some are not. And you're right. But I mean, horror conventions will live on because we've got the Freddies and the Michael Myers and the Chuckies and, and, you know, all the, all the Jasons, you know, that genre of people who are skewed to be younger. And that just makes sense because you love what you grew up with. You know, I loved Dracula and Frankenstein and, and the mummy and, and King Kong, you know, I love that stuff. My kids don't. And, you know, <laughs> if I try putting on a black and white Bella Lugosi movie, I get it. <laughs> It does. You know, I understand its art value. I understand it's historic, uh, my love for it, but it certainly is not the same level as A Quiet Place or X or, you know, some of the more right. current uh, classics. So I, I understand perfectly. I think the fact that it continues on is, is okay and I'm okay because there's still a respect for what came before it. It's not like... Um, you know, if you love rap or you love heavy metal, you may not respect the 60s and you may not respect disco or new wave. I think that with, with the movies, if you love movies, you're gonna love the, the, the movies of the, the past and the current, or you'll respect it at least as it's as a predecessor. Um and I, I myself love going to the horror conventions, which are you know um something I didn't do for many years because um when I started Dracula uh, tours to Transylvania, I would go to Chiller. I would go to Monster Mania. I would go to Monster Bash. And I would give out my flyers like crazy. I thought, what better audience than uh, at, a, at a monster convention to, to you know, to, to hopefully go on my tours with me. And then I um, <clears throat> I opened up on my own haunted attraction. Uh, it was Connecticut's largest indoor you know, a haunted house where people go during Halloween season. So my, my whole um, Halloween um, time frame was affected. I wasn't able to do all the conventions. I was too busy, you know, scaring people and managing. Um, well, I sold that right before the pandemic. I sold my haunted house. And I've been going to the conventions again. Uh, I went to Chiller uh, for, again for uh, the first time in years uh, in October. And again, this April I'm going to monster bash in June for the first awesome. time in, in so many years, you know, going to Ron show. So excited about it. I'll be hanging out with, um with Chris from the blob. And I'm just really excited. I'll have my book with me and I'll be able to talk about um, this, this new book and also be able to talk about um the Dracula tours and everything else. So I'm guessing that those shows, certain shows, which are the more of the classic shows, you know, still, still um, uh, appreciate and still, you know, Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein is still like, you know, the king of everything. Oh yeah, some,
0: absolutely, yeah.
1: Some of these shows, and I and I'm so glad about that because more of the current horror conventions, you know, are, are more of the slasher, and I love those, but they're not they have different, different heart than than the originals.
0: Now, they're Charles, not, will you be now at Monster Bash? Are you? Are you going to be there as a guest or are you just going there as a um you, you know I'm, I'm, a, a, to watch the movies will you have your book for sale or anything like that there
1: Yeah so I'm going to uh, I'm going as a fan and I'm hoping you know to find a space where I can share perhaps uh unofficially, you know, and and do a quick signing, but I will have my book with me and I will definitely be at this year's Monster Bash in a few weeks. I'm very excited about
0: it. Well we'll definitely hold a book for me because I would I would love to purchase one from you and have you uh sign it because I will I will be there all I'll be there all three days.
1: Oh incredible. Uh- yeah. Well I love I love the fact that you know as 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 great as Amazon is for a publisher or you know any of these ways to buy a book online. I love the fact that if I go to a library or I go to a convention, I'm able to shake a person's hand. I can find out what their, you know, favorite horror movie is, if it matches, you know, mine or some of the celebrities. And and I get to sign copies, you know, being a fan on the other side who would always buy stuff, who would always get other people's books and autographs. Now to be able to sign a book, it's just such a great feeling. You know, if you publish Scary Monsters, if you put out a horror book, you're still the fan, but you also experience it from the other part, and and it's it's just such a great feeling.
0: Yeah, you know what I, I tell you? A couple of years back, I I published two books through Arcadia Publishing on um, just some some local history, and you know, doing the book signings, I, I felt so you know kind of weird <laughs> doing <laughs> it, you know, right, right, <laughs> you know, people coming up and you know thanking me and, and wanting you know, me to sign their books. And I, I always felt like weird. Like I just wanted to, you know, I, I put the books out cause I love it and I, I just wanted to talk about history with people and all that. And, you know, people wanted me to sign. I always felt weird, but it was very, you know, humbling. And I, and I felt, you know, very good, like, you know, that people were actually interested in it and, and and liked what I did. So yeah, you know, I mean that it, it's a great feeling and it's something that you know, that you, you've accomplished, you know, something that, that other people appreciate out yeah. there.
1: Yes. That's well said, you know, uh, I approached Arcady cause my second book, next book I'm working on now that I've been in the paranormal field a lot, uh, is, is true ghost stories of Connecticut. I got all the Paranormal investigators from the state, um, people who've had uh, clairvoyance, all this who've had incredible experiences to give me a chapter, you know, to tell me what their scariest encounters were, and I put together the book and I approach Arcadia, and they said, "Well, if it's more specific, if it's the town of New Haven, if it's you know a, a, a more narrowed area, I will, we'll put it out." But I wanted it to be all of Connecticut, you know, it's my whole state and all that, and all right. so I'm, I'm publishing it myself. And um, it won't be ready for Monster Bash, but that's that's the next of my genre books. Um, and and it, what what's really exciting is I do the Connecticut Paracon, P A R A C O N N, Paranormal Convention in July. And then the Salem one I mentioned, you know, that's in November. So hopefully I'll have those books there because that's the perfect place, you know, to be able to promote. It's all about promotion. You know, you can put out a book and it sits on your own shelf and, you know, your, your uncle and, and your grandma have a copy and maybe, you know, one person found it by mistake, but if you promote it and you're out there and you're talking about it and you're doing podcasts with guys like you, uh, you know, (laughs) interviews, hopefully, hopefully, you know, word gets out. And people get it; they understand the fun, like the 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 horror book, which is bookoftop10horrorists dot with the number ten. Um, I, if people go to the website, what's great is I can sign and send a copy, and I really love doing that. Um, beyond the lists, there's this um, really really comprehensive index, and I'm not an index person normally. But what's cool about the index in this book is. You get to see all the movies that are listed in the book, and you get to see who picked those particular movies. So, if your favorite movie is The Exorcist, you can see, oh my gosh, thirty people out of a hundred picked it, and it's this person, it's that person. It, you know, it might be Bill Mosley from you know House of a Thousand Corpses. It might be Sarah Carloff. It might be you know um, um, Pete Best from the Beatles. A, a really cool thing to be able to see. Which ones match your own choices?
0: Awesome. That sounds great. And you know what? Before we um before we get any further, I want to continue with Eddie over there. But you know what? Later on in this podcast, before we go, Charles, I want to get your top three uh horror movies of of all time. I you know, top ten is is kind of off the the hip is kind of so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna put you on the spot in a little bit. I want to get your top three favorite horror movies and why they are. But before we get into that, Eddie, what's new over at House of the Unusual and what's new in in your part of the world?
2: Well, anybody that goes onto the website will see what's new, my friend. (laughs) A face of horror has appeared like I've never seen. And I I guarantee you that out of the top 10 horror films, this one will be the top. But it's not a film. It'll be just a a feature. A facial... facial... Feature. Uh, are you aware of what I'm talking about, Joe?
0: Are you, the? Is it the, the basement one of the collection?
2: Oh, no, no. It's on the site. It's on the Crypt of Classics. You can't miss it. It's a new insert on the forum. So anybody who's interested, go to the forum, go to Crypt of Classics, and get your own copy today because it'll be gone before you know it. And something like this only comes once in a lifetime. <laughs> now... Um, <laughs> Charles, I'm going to do a little prediction here. As you know, I kind of do a little magic with, uh, I don't do magic. It really is Chuck Caputo, but I'm going to do a little uh, ESP prediction. You're a mentalist. The, the top, not try a mentalist, the top film for yes. you will be Abbott and Castell, Me, Frankenstein. <laughs> uh,
1: and then uh, that's what I just predicted for now. Um, Go ahead. You're predicting that that's my top one, right? That, I believe that's your top one. But don't say it. You can say it later. But
2: <laughs> the, um, <laughs> the other thing I was going to say is I it's funny how you said that you did Dracula tours and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, in 1989, I had a magic shop in West New York, Jersey. Mm-hmm. And we tried to do it. Um, I tried to go ahead and I wanted to do a Bigfoot uh, tour or like In Search of Bigfoot kind of thing. And that was right after Mm -hmm. the movie was, uh, it had come out a few years prior to that, which was the uh, Mm -hmm. In Search of Bigfoot, I think it was called. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that idea just came and I was planning to do something like that. But, you know, I didn't go that far because I had never done it before. And it just came into mind. But when you said that, you kind of make me laugh because not too long ago, uh, Cassandra Peterson, which everybody knows as Elvira, Mistress of the Mm -hmm. Dark, I was actually uh she's doing a tour right now, one of those Dracula tours. Um, but it's funny though, because the price involved in it, it's enough to buy a house. You know what I'm saying? Well, Unless with it's like us it's one. not.
1: It's, it's <laughs> just about twenty five hundred dollars, which is ridiculously cheap. With us, it's not uh right, it's not the sky's the limit. <laughs> no, with her, I think it it's it
2: it it's a little bit over like six grand, almost seven grand. Wow, and um I was gonna say I would go in that provided I got an 18 karat gold statue of Cassandra signed by her. Then uh, probably you know I would go. But anyway, I thought it was interesting that you brought that up because um, you know, a lot of people uh, did that. And I'm kind of surprised that you didn't set up your own uh, convention, kind of like Chill the Theater, with all the connections you had.
1: You know, I thought there was at that time such a glut of them. If you think about it, you know, there were so many. Conventions and they weren't far from each other. It seemed that that whole stretch from like New York to Ohio um, with Pennsylvania, New Jersey, it was just so many shows. And you, it's probably something that if I felt was a need that I might have done. But as it turns out, you know, there's a great one in Connecticut, Horror Fest and uh every, every time i mean you know now it's like every other city has one and 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 they're such great quality you know i've been uh, very honored that there were two that had just popped up one in fort wayne indiana called deadcon and one in uh, florida it was called um horrorville and I, I was just proud to be invited to those shows as a guest author because i mean i'd like to think like you guys have a little charm, a little personality, know how to talk, know how to interview. So when I do those events, I really want to be part of the event. I want to emcee. I want to interview. I want to be part of it, not just sit at a table and sign. Because if you're if you're actually doing that, if you're part of the show, people want to come over visit you at the table more. You know, they want to really get to know you. And it just, it makes everything that much better.
2: It's surprising how... Um... You know, uh, I remember it's funny when I say Kevin Clements uh, there was an old flea market way back in the day when it was called the. US number no. one flea market and it was in New Brunswick New Jersey and it was phenomenal. You'll go in there and there was like a thousand vendors in there and they all had this I think it was like eight by ten or 10 by 10 spots, which <laughs> brings bring me back to the day when I started my flea you know my store before I, I opened a live store in 1989. Early 87, I opened up a flea market. I'm sorry, early 88. And the flea market had a 10 by 10 booth that you were able to, you know, close at the end of the day. And and it was kind of fun because it it did make a lot of money. And Kevin Clemens used to sell VHS tapes and Famous Monsters magazine back then. Wow. (laughs) And and that's where I first started, you know, getting to know him. I used to purchase a lot of stuff for him. But this is before my. my oldest daughter who's 35 was even born you know oh my gosh and um the thing that's funny though is he's he's gone through a lot and stuff and i actually um, i had talks with him about him being in a in a future uh, podcast with us and he probably in, i would say in the next week or two or three weeks i will probably get him to come on oh, that's i funny. also have i also filmed uh, a a couple of shorts with him about 4 or 5 years ago which i've never actually um you know, made life. I was working on, you know, editing the film and, and putting it up because it, it came out really phenomenal. Um, so what I was going to say, though, is that overall, you grew up in an era where um, very few people actually from that area did as much as me and you build the monsters. Uh, not a very few, there's quite a few people, but uh, uh, not readily available where you get to meet everybody that says, yeah, I build all the Aurora Monsters. I grew up watching Abbott and Costello Frankenstein. And sometimes <laughs> I feel surprised when I talk to people. I mean, I get shocked when I see a kid in their 30s that knows as much as what I do and even more. And I get shocked when I see a 45 or something year old that you tell them, Abbott and Costello, well, who are they? And I'm like, are, you know, are you kidding me? But um, I made sure my kids, all my kids, even the youngest who's 26, has probably seen every Abbott and Costello and oh, he, wow. My favorite, the the and Costo Comedy Hour, you know. Yeah,
1: wow. Well, <laughs> yeah. That's, I'll, I'll share with you my Kevin story. When we started doing the Dracula tours, he was very, very kind to us, and you know, we'd sit at, we'd stand at the door and hand a flyer to everyone who came through. And when we went on our first tour, one of the big, big churches in the in the area of Shigehara, where Vlad was born, one of the huge churches was. I guess going through some kind of excavation and under this particular church, it had a crypt. It had um, graveyards. It had uh, all the bones were on the side of the road. It was unearthed. And we said, this is terrible. This is going to be swept up and thrown out. And we took a bag of human bones back to America. (laughs) And once we did it, we said, there's only one place we're going to be. Now Kevin had a shop in New Jersey in those days. So we actually brought it to his store he said hey, we want you to put this on display actual bones from Transylvania of humans. I don't know what he ever did with that, but that was uh that was our bring back and I'm glad I'm glad that the t s a and the security wasn't what it is now <laughs> <laughs> we would have probably been thrown off the plane.
2: <laughs> that's kind of funny i'm 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 was <laughs> I would uh I that store I used to go there like at least twice a week in Hackensack, and he had another. One, but I like the one in Hackensack because you know he basically had it more like a main storage and stuff. But um, uh, it, it was interesting. You know, it was very interesting how the store had so many people that would just come there. And Kevin, you know, he will pull out a couple of things like when I would talk tell him about different things. Like a good example is. Charles, I don't know if I ever did tell you, but I started back in 1971, 72 collecting mail order items. I I would order like the different things from the seven foot ghost to, you know, the Polaris sub and all that stuff. And what I did is for some reason, since I had come from Cuba at the age of four in 1968, there was very, very little um, toys where I didn't have any toys at all because I I was raised, not raised, I was born like in a farm. Mm-hmm. So, um, there, there is, uh, you know, I, I started collecting and what I did is I kept everything, uh, where, um, I didn't discard anything. So today you would say that I'm the only one that has a, a, uh, an actual, uh, you know, submarine left. Uh-huh. I think it's the only one in the world right now. I have a seven foot ghost. I got two versions. I got the Johnson Smith company version. I also got the, uh the Melton company version wow. it also became back in the days. I wanted to start a mail order company, just like, you know, back in 1985, when I got married, uh-huh. I got married in 83, but in 85, I said, I want to go into a mail order business. And I said, I want to sell novelties. So I started looking through the courts and stuff. And I came across Lou Weiss, who was the original owner of the fun factory in New Jersey. And we got mm-hmm. together and we actually reopened the fun factory. And in 1993, praise Jesus for this. I was able to actually run a full, um, how can I say this? I, I, we ran a full page ad in DC comics. So any DC comics, uh, that you pick up from 93 will have a fun factory ad. Um, where, 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 you know, you would, you would have that, uh, it'll be there. And, um, so that's where it goes. So, you know, I got the whole honor house. I, I actually met with the original owner five times. I met, I got friends, uh, became really good friends through Lou Weiss with the CEO of Johnson Smith, Craig Kabeck. And to this yeah. day, we're very, very good friends. And they're, you know, Craig is 77, uh, you know, Louis 76. They're both up there in age, but, you know, they're phen- phenomenal people. And they, they, um, they have been with me all that time and they've helped me uh, into making House of the Unusual. And the reason House of the Unusual came into being is due to the fact that Fun Factory... Uh, back in the day, uh, we ran it in the comics. It was very common to find Fun Factory all over the internet for different things, from a discotheque to whatever. So I decided with House of the Unusual. So when I opened my magic shop, I called it P&E House of the Unusual, and then it it morphed into House of the Unusual. But uh, the magic shop had the name House of the Unusual before I I did the Fun Factory, but I kind of liked the House of the Unusual. So... I morphed into house of the unusual as time went by and trademarked it. And, but I still, you know, have the original fun factory stuff. And, um, I have hundreds of envelopes, um uh, actually thousands of envelopes and different shoe boxes. And those envelopes actually, um, uh, were phenomenal. And they, uh, you know, I still have them to this day. Um, so, uh, everything worked you know like like uh like like you know i just collected for years and years and that was it so joe um in the process of what's going on um bring us a little bit more about what you think what uh lifted up in the uh the new uh int- entry we have in in house of the unusual
0: well you know i always i always find that i wanted to ask charles this i always found that you know with there there's you know people that Ah, uh, like mail order stuff and magic stuff and horror stuff. They always seem to to go together. You know, if you find someone that likes um that horror stuff, movies, toys. You know, that grew up as a monster kid. You know, play. You know, put together the the model kits and all that. They always, you know, still had a little you know fascination with mail order stuff, where they remember ordering stuff from you know the comic books or the boys' life magazines, where they enjoyed you know, magic shows and all that. And if you talk to people that, you know, were heavily into the mail order stuff and the magic stuff, they always had a love for, you know, horror stuff. You you know, our buddy Chuck Caputo, who does magic, he he does a lot of horror magic and he's big into the horror movies and all that. Um, Charles, have you, have you found that to be true or do you yourself, you know, have any interest in magic or, you know, any of these mail order novelties or uh, did you order any, you know, when you were a child, I don't know how old you are, but, when you were a child, did you have any opportunity to, you know, order any of these things from from magazines or comic books?
2: Um, actually, Joe, I if you noticed, I, I don't know, but I think Charles went to Romania. To, oh, Charles, Romania. he
0: he took his um yeah, he, he took he, a Dracula tour down to Transylvania. To we yeah. wanted to get his uh, <laughs> get his list, but you know, hey, that's that's what technology does. So hopefully Eddie, you could work on
2: oh, my. Um, Trying to get him back, but you, you know I was would... trying to get him back on right now, and it, it was kind of interesting. That's what uh, I noticed. I think there you go, A. Charles.
1: Oh my gosh! I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was I was loving your story about the company and all that, and I was thinking, wait a second, <laughs> he, he 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 came from Cuba, and in my uh, early discussion about moving Dracula tours and then having ghost tours, I mentioned. That I did a ghost tour to Cuba and it must have just gone right over your head. That was one of No, one of no, the-
2: I I heard that. I just thought it was kind of funny though, because I said to Joe that I think you left to go to Transylvania. Yeah, we thought
0: you took a drag tour, <laughs> you know, real quick. Cause I'm with you're asking the question and then Eddie's like, hey, he's gone. I said, Where did he well that's why oh, I-, I Transylvania? <laughs> I jumped, was
1: saying this. I jumped in the hearse. Yeah. <laughs> I, figured, that, what, I figured monster bash is 10 you know 10 hours away from me in pittsburgh i thought i'd start out early <laughs>
0: you, might, you might as well but you know charles what i was saying is i don't know if you heard eddie was talking about the you know the mail order stuff in magic and how we yes. kind of uh sure. you know came together with this and i've i've always found that you know People that love horror stuff grew up Monster Kids. They've they've also had a little bit of a fascination with mail order stuff, uh, magic, and all that. And you know, vice versa. Now, have you? I, I'm not sure how old you are, you know, but have you ever had the chance when you were younger to order any mail order stuff, or were you ever into you know magic and that growing up as a kid, or or are you still into any of that stuff?
1: Guys, I am such a magic fan. I mean, from. Any, if I go to Vegas, you know, and everyone wants to go see, you know, the Michael Jackson tribute show, I want to see every single I want to see the amazing Jonathan. I want to see who's on this trip doing magic. And yeah, when I was a kid, I would get the X-ray vision. I would get anything that, you know, you could I could afford Um, along, along with the monster masks. And all that great stuff. I would love. Oh gosh, did I love magic to the point that um, what we decided to do the next Paracon in Connecticut in July, uh, we were getting all these paranormal guests. I talked my partner into letting me book the amazing Kreskin (laughs) as one of our guests. And you know, you talk about magic, and when you talk magic, Houdini is the top of everyone's list. When you talk about paranormal. The Warrens are on the top of everyone's list from The Conjuring and all that. But when you talk about mentalism, you know, everyone really, it all goes back to um, our friend, the amazing Kreskin and all the times he was on Johnny Carson and all the things that he did that, you know, people have done. So there's always crossover between the horror, the paranormal magic. I mean, you give me you give me a Penn and Teller's fool you. I will watch that over anything.
0: Yeah, you know, I've always found it fascinating that there's there certain things out there that just kind of gravitate to each other. And it's like, you know, mag- magic, mail order, and, and horror just kind of comes together. And, you know, for me growing up as a kid, it was always, I always, you know, I was someone who was always fascinated watching horror movies. But, you know, growing up in the 80s, I always loved those old Kung Fu flicks from the 70s and early 80s and the Three Stooges. So when I think of horror, I think of, you know, I, I could sit, watch a horror movie, then a Kung Fu flicks and, and some Three Stooges. And to me, it's all like the same thing, kind of.
1: <laughs> I wish we could combine the Three Stooges with horror and a, and a Kung Fu movie. It would be the ultimate cult film of all time. But uh, had- that, that,
0: that, yeah, that would be absolutely fantastic. I don't know how, you know, th- yeah, that would that would be just crazy, <laughs> crazy fun. It would be you know, unique. It would be yeah, unique. That's that, that, to say the least. But, you know, it's, we're speaking of movies and... You know, Charles, Wait, you have, Joe, before you
2: up. say anything, Joe, let me just tell Mr. <laughs> Charles here that I'm still laughing the way he disappeared. Uh, <laughs> Charles, I, I know Joe is going to make a comment when I say this, but before I say anything, I want you guys to know out there and everything that we put up. Uh, as everybody knows, Chuck Caputo has been doing magic a little bit over 40-something years. Wow. And he's been doing professional magic, and he all his life, he's only lived doing magic. He hasn't worked anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been known by a lot of people. He's a spokesman for Murphy Magic and, and a couple concerning the uh, Unverdi co- collection, which mm-hmm. he has the largest probably mm-hmm. in the world. Um, he's been, um, you know, quite a few people have spoken of him, and he's been in many magazines and radio shows. Anyway, he produced one of the original Robert Houdin, uh remakes. Oh, wow. The uh, Pastry Chef, which sure. is actually owned by David Copperfield, the original one, but he made one. And I actually put it up in the House of the Unusual website, uh, not website, YouTube channel. Yeah. And it's gotten 5,219 views in, in three days, which is amazing. That's
1: amazing. And it has grown
2: the channel up by about 400 subscribers, I believe. But what I wanted to tell you... Um, you know, the reason I mentioned that is uh, when you were little, did you ever order the seven foot robot plans? Uh, take a drink. <laughs> I, I,
1: <knew laughs> I did not. I did okay, not. Okay. That, that's I the lived, question. I, I lived in a small apartment in the Bronx with my, my, my parents. And it was just certain things that we, if they saw anything was seven feet, you know, they didn't let me get the giant Frankenstein. They didn't let me get certain things. Um, but I, but, you know, before we leave the, the topic, you know you mentioned david copperfield and that's the best example of crossover horror and magic because he was in a horror film called terror train with jamie lee curtis yeah so, so i that before you know i before i go on to another subject i didn't want to forget you know that to plug that but do you still have like these seven <laughs> the, the the do you still sell those is that why we mentioned it
2: I, I bought it up now because that's one of the, in my collection, I have every single original and probably since 1980, I think yeah. I would say 1991, 92. Yeah. I started selling the original six-foot Frankenstein and six-foot Dracula. unbelievable And, uh, you know, let's put it this way. I've been selling them on eBay for the last 30, 40 years. Wow. <laughs> you can actually go to a House of the Unusual eBay site and see the original Moon Monster, the Zachary Lee poster. In fact, I reproduced a Zachary poster that Kevin Clements and Zachary got super excited about a couple of years ago. If you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see Zachary print, you know, signing a couple of them for me um, in in one of the older videos there. But and also, there's a book by Kirk Demaris called Mail Order Mysteries, which has 401 five stars. Uh, sold a million and a half copies. And yes, the book is out of print right now. So they're like going for anywhere from fee to a hundred and something dollars. Wow. But the whole thing is that it's, it's a whole biography of my collection. Everything Amazing. in that book is mine, except for the mask, which loaned to Ray Castillas and other good friend of mine. He's probably the best, uh, not the best, the largest top stone mask uh, collector in the world. You've got all the original top stones from the Teen Wolf that was very famous in mail order back in the day. But the whole thing is that what I'm saying is when you see uh, Kirk came over, flew over here, and he spent three days, four days with me photographing uh, my collection. Yeah. There's not too many people that have the original Six Foot Dracula and Frankenstein with the original box. Right. Uh, wow. Except for uh, Rob Zombie in his uh, horror business, the book. Mm -hmm. You can see pictures of them there. You can see the pictures of mine inside Mail Order Mysteries. I also have an edition of the Moon Monster that has never been put out uh, where he's standing sideways, which is is actually a very rare. uh, I might bring it out pretty soon. Uh, I've been thinking on it. But, um, yes, I do have all the original stuff still. And, yes, I probably have the largest collection of Mail Order novelties in the world because I still have, like I said, the stuff I have, nobody has uh, the submarine, the submarine, the ghost, they're all in mint condition. I'm actually going to start doing a, a segment on my YouTube channel uh, in the next couple of uh, weeks that's going to be unboxing and bringing out all the original stuff so I can show the people. Tremendous. Hey, guys, we're
1: getting
0: down to about 15 minutes here, so I want to...
2: get The, the- movie section, the movie section. Yeah,
0: real, real quick with, with, <laughs> with Chris here so he could you know get into his top 3 movies and a little bit about you know why he he likes each one of those because i always find it fascinating on why somebody likes a certain um, a certain movie or why they put it at number 1 instead of number 2 or 3 so uh, i'm, I'm going to turn, turn it over to, to you charles and give us your your top 3 horror movies of all time
1: well i will before i do that I want you guys to guess which film came in at number one of all the celebrities who contributed to the book of top 10 horror lists. And Uh, then I'll get, I'll give you my list right after that.
0: I'm going to say, I'm going to say it was Frankenstein, 1931.
1: It's a great guess. And it's on the list, but it's not number one. Ooh, Eddie, what's yours? Uh, my name would be Abaddon Costello, really? (laughs) Wow, so I will tell you that. Um, Frankenstein came in fourth, wow, Dracula came in fifth. I'll give you the top five. Uh, and then uh, number one was The Exorcist, number two was Psycho, number three was The Shining. And which I guess you can consider them more contemporary, even though there were sixties and seventies and eighties, still more contemporary classics. And then Frankenstein and, and Dracula, but my, do you have a drum roll for me? No. We have we now. Go, yeah. <laughs> Number three is a movie that didn't even make it to anyone's top 10 list in my book. Not one celebrity picked it. And before I give you the title, I will tell you that it's a rock musical that was based on ooh, Dorian Gray, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and the Phantom of the Opera. It's a Paul Williams musical called Phantom of the Paradise. And it's one of my favorite cult films. When, and when I talk to people who don't know horror, it has never heard of it. <laughs> they all know Rocky Horror. That's my number three. That my was what, 1974,
0: th- I believe, correct? Right.
1: Oh, yeah, sure was, yes.
0: Awesome. Okay, great. Great movie, man. And if nobody out there has... Has ever heard of it? You know, th- this is your chance now. Go and check it out. Find it on on DVD, VHS, or YouTube, or something, and and go ahead and check it out.
1: Number two. Chick, 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 chick. Abbott Costello Meet Frankenstein. Number two. <laughs> number two. Oh. And he was close. God. So close. So close. And now, before I tell you number one. I'm going to do the ones that need to be mentioned. The movie that started me off on on monster movies and horror was my mom showing me Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, God!
0: Really great, that, movie, that, great movie. That was
1: that was the kickoff. And the only movie that ever gave me nightmares. No other movies gave me nightmares. Was a film that some people might even not even consider a horror film. I consider it a horror film because it's a home invasion film. And those are the scariest films because they're so true to life. And it was a movie with Alan Arkin and it was a movie with, uh, Audrey Hepburn. And the title was wait until dark. And that's the only movie that gave me nightmares, guys. I was, I was up all night thinking people were breaking into my house. (laughs) You, you want to hear
2: something now that you mentioned that Charles, and I know every time I tell Joe, that could be the reason of the face in the, um, in the website. But, um, Don't be afraid of the dark. Remember that one.
1: Love it. Great movie. Yeah that
2: that film gave me the creeps. (laughs) I I didn't like that film even to this day. I don't. I got to tell you though, my if you really want to say my number my number ones would be, Abbott and Costello hold that ghost, which is phenomenal, phenomenal, and Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. I'm stuck in the two as to which is better. Yeah. Um, Two and three would be Dracula and Frankenstein. Wow. Those are, are definitely my second and third there in the horror thing. Uh, the Wolfman would probably be fourth. And I got to admit, The Mummy, I think I saw once or twice. I like The Creature from the Black Lagoon, which would fall in the same category as Dracula, Frankenstein. And, and you know, and the, I would say I really don't have like a two, three like that. But I think The Creature is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, especially a lot of people don't know that's the first time Clean Eastwood ever came out in the film. Wow. Uh, because he he was there, the doctor or the scientist.
1: Mm-hmm. But
2: but go ahead, Dominica Go ahead. No, well, you know what? no,
1: you bring. I'm smiling just because every one of those universal horror films just are so close. Monster movies so close to my heart, and just they just bring back the smiles of me making them uh, as Aurora models and reading them and reading Forrest Ackerman silly, you know puns in every issue of. Uh, famous Monsters of Filmland. But my number one film, because I really do believe it's the scariest film of all time, and I think it's cross-general. If you show it to somebody who's 90, or if you show it to someone who's 19, they're still going to be affected by it, and it's The Exorcist.
0: Oh Yeah, definitely. That That is probably the, the scariest movie out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what and, and I, I think a lot a lot of people's lists, like you said, you know, they, they put the exorcist on there and I think it has to do with you know, especially if you have a um a religious world view, oh, you, sure. you you take that movie to heart a lot more oh, and sure. it's it just that much more scary.
1: Absolutely. Father Carrison is and his old mom, but it's just everything about it, it works on so many levels, yeah. I,
0: I, mean, I, I absolutely, I tell you what, I, I, you know, I, I'm not a religious person or anything like that by far, but I, I still ha- have issues watching that movie. <laughs> I can't tell you, have the lights off because it, it's just it's almost like so realistic. And I, you know, I've dug a little bit into the, um, the actual story behind you know that and of course that you know that hollywood took a lot of liberties and everything with the movie but man it, it is still it is still scary I, I don't know how you could ever beat that movie i i right. in, in terms of, of of fright i i just i i don't see it
2: well you you gotta you know what you gotta do joe uh you know charles go into the website house of the unusual yes go go under the uh crypto classic forum uh the tread crypto classic and then look at the bottom you'll see the face that somebody did after they saw the film
0: yeah that's that's <laughs> the film that I, I make when i when i see it you you know charles some of the I, i'll give you my top three and I, and I and uh we'll see what you think about them and i you've mentioned a few of them already but um you know we've done our top 10 list before of horror movies <laughs> and mine you know mine tend to fluctuate my my number one and my one through th- my number one is will always be number one. Um, but you know my my two through ten they they sometimes fluctuate. You know, yes. same here, I, right? Same here. Feel that week, but you know what my what well, my number three is is Frankenstein nineteen uh, thirty one. Sure, I think it's just it, it's an almost per- in my opinion it's an almost perfect movie. Um, it, and I I kind of go back and forth with that and um Bride of Frankenstein, but you know I. For Some reason I just I love the original one. Mm-hmm. Um, now my second one is one that I actually saw a few years ago at Monster Bash, and I've I, I've just been fascinated with it ever since. And it is the um, uh, the body snatcher with Boris Karloff, Karloff, wow. Wow. Karloff, and Bailey Lugosi. And you know, yeah. it's produced by Val Luton. To me, yeah. that, that it, it's a creepy movie. Um, I, I've read the uh the body snatcher by robert Louis stevenson mm-hmm. uh, the, the book that it's a short story it's absolutely fantastic but the movie is just great i mean you got two of my classic monster movie heroes in there right Lugosi, sure and, you know just the the set pieces on that the mood the atmosphere i mean you, you can't beat a val luton in, in my opinion he he's just everything he does is great and that movie is is in my opinion is, is the perfect example of it now My number one, this has always been my number one since I I first saw it in about 84, 85. Um, I had seen a commercial for it on TV, and it was coming on at like one in the morning. And I wanted, for some reason, I wanted to watch it. And my parents said, you know, because I was young, four or five years old, they said, well, you know, go to sleep, we'll wake you up. And um and you could watch it with us. So I remember they woke me up and I, I had a little one of those big arm pillows that you could you know lay with on the floor, uh-huh. and they made me some popcorn and I watched <laughs> the movie, and it wasn't so much that it was scary, but I, I just to me it I, I just fell in love with it and I've I've been in love with it ever since, and that is the 1931
2: Dracula. Wow, there you go. Dracula, huh? To, to me, that is
0: that is the the best movie in the world. I I just you know I can't get enough of it. Um, Legosi's performance is great, and you know what? It, it's too bad he he didn't also star in the Spanish version because you know if you watch the Spanish version and the American, the American is is much more static, and the Spanish version is dynamic. But Legosi just blows it out of the water. Yeah, uh,
1: no doubt. I wish it, is, he does. He does. Yeah. I wish you
0: know,
1: I could have seen him on stage. Oh, Dracula yeah, absolutely.
0: it, it would you know be what, very
1: old today my friend yeah
0: <laughs> you know what it, it, and it just, this goes to prove it how much of an impact that movie had throughout history is that if you go up to any little kid whether they've ever seen the movie or not and you ask them to do an impression of Dracula they will give you you know I want to suck your blood. And that came directly from, you know, Bela Lugosi. That was, that was him. And, and these, these kids without knowing it, no know Lugosi. And I think it's absolutely
1: phenomenal. It's a great call. You're absolutely right. It is ingrained in our pop culture brain and of every generation. But it when is. you think of Dracula, it's Bela. No doubt. Yeah. Please. I mean, every- I have a question
2: because I, I hear the background there. And I think Charles, it's in your area. And I think I heard the opening door. You're not putting together any monster seance or something for us. Are you?
1: Well, I, I left, I left, I left the hearse, uh, the hearse. I'm in the crypt now. Okay. You're digging.
2: <laughs> there's
1: I'm surrounded by rats. I'm surrounded by bats. There's some crickets. There's some frogs. Yeah. 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 Awesome. You guys are very astute. You're hearing. Hey, all the background hey, noise. hey guys, we, we got
0: about uh, three and a half minutes here. So. Um Charles, I want to give you about a minute and a half to kind of wrap it up and, and say what whatever you want to say. Give out some of your uh, your websites as well. yes. and you, you know where you'll be in the next few months, you know, maybe as a guest at a convention or whatnot.
1: Yeah, 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 so I hope to see people at Monster bash unofficially. <laughs> I'll have books with me. Um, I will look forward to meeting people and signing copies of Book of Top 10 Horrorless the website for that, which is the best place. To order online so you can get a signed copy is www.bookoftop10. And it's the number 10, not of E 10 horrorlistscom You know, if you're cheap, you don't know, want a signed copy, you can always get it on Amazon with free shipping. <laughs> um, for the Dracula tours to Transylvania, which we do every year, go right to the website drac Tours.com d R A C T O T O U R S. Um take a vampire vacation with us. Um you'll get to if you go to Tour Reports, you'll get to see uh, every year in the past um all the people who went, what we did, where we went. It's really, it's really exciting. Um, and if you're in the East Coast and you'd like to come to one of my paranormal conventions, it's P-A-R-A-C-O-N-N, Paracon. .org but it's c o n n like connecticut paracon p a r a c o n n.org um and if you want to in november come to salem mass and soak in all the witchcraft stuff and everything else and also come to our paranormal and horror convention november 12th through the 13th you can go to www with one n p s a l e m salem dot and, uh, I will leave it at that. Cause I probably have 50 other projects that we haven't discussed that we can save for a future show. All right. Now real quick, what was the, uh, what's the website for those Dracula tours? Dractours.com, D R A C T O U R S Dractours.com.
0: And- awesome. Great. You know, and Charles, I, thank you so much for, for coming on and, uh, this was a great conversation. I mean, me and Eddie, we could talk monster stuff, you know, for another two, three hours. And, and uh, we hope to have you on again. I hope to definitely see you at, at Monster Bash, um, and I definitely want to get a, a book signed. And you know, hopefully, we could we could put some set some time aside and, and just sit around and talk monsters, um, because you know that's that's one of the best parts I think of conventions is meeting people and talking monsters because sometimes we don't get to do it you know in our everyday lives but you right. know for three days we're at a place where you know everybody's just like us they they have this this love for the monster so That's uh so true definitely look forward to that um everybody out there in podcast land thank you for joining us uh once again we are out every week find us on your favorite podcast platform. Uh subscribe to our channel, give us uh, a good review if you so choose. Uh also find us on YouTube at House of the Unusual. Subscribe to our channel, like our videos. Eddie and Chuck are always putting out some great stuff. And also our flagship site, house of the unusual.com. Join our free forum. Check out the uh the topic crypto classics there. Eddie just put out a great picture, and guys, we are out of time. That's all we wrote. So, Charles Eddie, thank you for joining us and good night, everyone.
1: God God bless, take care, buddy. Thank bye you later. bye